Do you have a story to tell? Here at Rider on the Road, it's the journey that matters. Regardless of where you are on your riding journey, Rider on the Road will inspire you to take your dreams and make them happen. So sit back and enjoy the show as Melinda brings you guests who know what it's like to go it alone and who are willing to reach out to the rest of us by sharing their stories. Authors, publishers, entrepreneurs, people at all stages of the riding journey, just like you and me. It's time, dear listeners, to answer the question for yourselves. Do you have a story to tell? Welcome to episode 148 of Writer on the Road. We've got some exciting things happening out here in Australia. Uh, We've just had the Australian Romance Readers Association big award night in Sydney and we've got lots to celebrate. Our very own guys, Kelly Hunter's team of Outback Brides, uh, took out a well, they took out a few awards, which was really exciting, and I think Kelly took out the best romance novel, which was fantastic, of 2018. And today's guest, which I'm really excited to introduce, the beautiful uh, Kerry Arthur, she took out the favourite sci-fi, fantasy and futuristic romance of 2018. So today on the show, you'll be able to sit back and listen to her as she transitioned from traditional publishing to indie, and we talk about branding and how important that is. Uh, just before we move on, we've released our our own uh, book, which is really exciting, book of interviews with all our beautiful authors and the wonderful advice that they give. And it's called Tips, Advice from Best-Selling Authors to Help You on Your Writing Journey. We released that on the weekend and then promptly went to the beach. So everyone, if you're on our mailing list, uh, it will be winging its way to you as we speak. And if you're not on our mailing list, uh, you miss out and you'll have to buy it. Or you can jump on the mailing list and we'll probably give it to you anyway. And we've got Author Success Stories Issue 3 coming out at the beginning of March. So I've got my techie uh, working her little heart out at the moment because she's just about to go back to university and she's got to make our our Issue 3 of our magazine. Issue 1 is always downloadable for free on our website. Sit back, listen to Kerry Arthur, uh, certainly a very experienced writer, and she's just released a new book as well, uh, which we'll be talking about on the show, but it's called Demon's Dance, and it's one of the Lizzie Grace novels. Uh, Sit back, enjoy. And welcome to another episode of Writer on the Road. Today I have with me the beautiful Kerry Arthur, and I have warned her, everybody, uh, that anything can happen here tonight. Kerry is a best-selling paranormal and fantasy author. She has won several Romantic Times Reviewers' Choice Awards, which I don't think Romantic Times exist anymore. I think it only just, I think it just went into sleep. It just folded. Yeah, so that yeah. so we'll count that one yeah. as you were one of the last people to get that award. Uh, but what interesting, <laughs> the um, Career Achievement Award from RT as well. Kerry, you seem to have um, achieved an awful lot in a very short career because it hasn't been that long since you started writing, has it? Well, actually it has been a long time because I had my first book published in 2000. Uh, with the small press in America. So I've actually been doing this for 18 years now and 12 years as a full-time writer, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, and you've got to be up to close on 40 books now? I think I'm 43 now. Yeah, but but who's counting everybody? When I say she hasn't been writing for long, I think 2000, I was actually writing for 20 years by then. Uh, (laughs) I did write for 10 years before that with no success. Yeah, and and everybody, it's really interesting and one of the reasons I've got Kerry on today and it's really exciting is that you are now a full-time indie 
yes, I am. No choice in it, but I am. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a bit of a story in itself because clearly now when I think I looked on your fan page, author fan page, uh, you were right up there with Cheryl and Kenyon. I think you've got about 30,000 um, fans just on your fan page, yeah, yet traditional right. publishers have decided that paranormal fantasy isn't selling anymore and so you've had to go indie. That, that in itself yeah. is a great story, isn't it? It is, and it it was a combination of um, my publisher, uh, NAL, which is New American Library, who did the dark fantasy and the, the urban fantasy for Penguin Random House. Um, they merged with Random House, so Random House decided to close NAL down. I was then shoved across to Berkeley, who do mainly romance and who didn't really know how to handle um, fantasy or urban fantasy. So, you know, arcs for didn't go out and, you know, I wasn't the star at Berkeley that sort of I did, I was at now. I didn't have the support at Berkeley as much. And it's just figures, you know, sales figures just sell, fell. Um, so, of course, if you're not getting the sales, then they don't want you. So they dropped both of my contracts two years ago, I think now. Um, they did, they finished the books I'd handed in. They, they decided to release those, but, uh, the series themselves were dropped and I was forced to go full time. Yeah. So. Now this is a really exciting story, everyone, because I, I think, and everyone knows how rampantly indie I am. I actually think this is going to, to see you go on to, uh, bigger and better things. Now, the thing that attracted me as usual, everyone, uh, Kerry's books have the most amazing covers. Now you've got, um, I think it's the Lizzie Grace series that's happening for you at the moment and you've got yep. Demon's Dance, which I absolutely love. These, yes. these books are really taking off for you. They are. I, I, I was actually surprised how, how well, particularly the Lizzie Grace series is doing. Uh, but that, again, is the genre I'm most known for. It, it, you know, it is vampires and werewolves and witches and magic. So that is basically what I... I'm well known for. Uh, the fantasy series isn't quite doing as well, but um, it's doing okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, everyone, I've heard a story recently that breaks my heart, a book that I really, really love by an author that I really, really love, uh, hit the shelves recently and is going into, I guess, um, it's going to be remainded. Now, this is from a traditional publisher, this woman. It's it's half literary, it's half contemporary fiction, and it's going to be remainded. Now, this woman has spent all this time working on this book, and that's the end of her story um, because the publisher has, has deemed it so uh why we're allowing that to happen i've got no idea i'm assuming that this is the start of something really amazing for you are you excited to be i guess treading this indie path now i know there's lots of marketing which we'll talk about in a minute and branding and all the rest of it but does this uh liberate you in any way i find it it's just so amazing having the control i love the control of being indie I can I can choose my own covers. I do my own blurbs. You know, it's just it's just amazing having that control. I can put out books when I want to. You know, not when the publisher wants to. So, yeah, I'm finding it very freeing. Quite yeah. quite like it. Now you've gone from two books a year with uh, with your publisher, and yes. we've, I know you've got an agent or you had an agent, and we'll talk about that as well. But you're now doing four books a year. 
I've done four books this year. I don't know if I'll do four yet next year. Um, I may only do three because uh, I've been working non-stop to get those four books out. And I'm actually, I'm too into next year's already. So, uh, yeah, I might just take it a little bit easier and just see how things go. Yeah. Now, we feel sorry for everyone. These books are 90,000 and 120,000 words long. These aren't category romances. These are, yeah. these are big novels uh, and an awful lot of work. Uh, one of the things that interested me that it just caught my eye as I was researching everyone and I thought, oh, I know I'm stuck in romance, but listen to this. These are the research books that, um, that, that Kerry uses. One of them is book trauma, uh, body trauma, for forensic fiction, and a malicious intent. Now, I would have loved to read those books when I was divorcing my ex. What kind of good stuff do you find in them? All sorts of body traumas and, and results of being shot and results of being knifed in the stomach and what happens to your innards when you get knifed and all those interesting facts you need to, to know when you're, you're writing basically what is a crime novel. Most of my novels are crime novels. Uh, set around magic and witches and, and werewolves and everything. So you, you've got to know that sort of stuff. I've got lots of books like that. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because uh, I guess when I read Paranormal, I switch off. But I think it's actually a little bit of uh, a mis uh, misdemeanor. And <laughs> I've got to get that word out. Gosh, I've been it's walking no around the park. Yeah, that word, whatever yep. it is. I'm just an English teacher here. Uh, but it's interesting because... If you labelled yourself as a crime novel and really push that aspect of it, people would be snapping your books up. Mm. Uh, traditional publishers have said paranormal is dying, um, but urban fantasy is really going. So I got my daughter to give, my, give me a crash course in what's exactly is urban fantasy again? And uh, really urban fantasy is vampires, werewolves, mythical creatures set in a modern-day urban setting. Yeah, and she said they're huge. She said they're going, you know, going, going ahead. In Indy, they're huge. The, uh, according to the publishers, it doesn't sell anymore, but in Indy, it's huge. Yeah, look, I only know from Joanna Penn, who's, you know, a huge indie author, uh, who's coming up to a 400th podcast, everybody. Can you believe it? Oh I'm at 135 <laughs> and I'm naked. Uh, but she's, she's writing one of her series as uh, urban fantasy as well. Uh, so whereabouts do the um, Lizzie Grace novels fall? Uh, they're paranormal cosy mysteries, <laughs> basically. <laughs> they're they're uh, two witches and a werewolf reservation solving supernatural crimes. Yeah, now what can I say, everybody? I am trying my best to get my head around this stuff. Uh, and then I looked at your list of book series and you have an awful lot going for you. Uh, the Riley Jensen series was with uh, were New York bestsellers. Yes. Uh, you've got the one another series that I was actually particularly interested in that caught my eye. It was the Kingdom of Earth series with Unlit. Now that's you're writing one a year in that, and that seems no, to be two really, a year. Two um, a year. Yep. Yeah. Unlit was the first one. Cursed is the second one. Cursed comes out in November. Yeah. And how are they going? Uh, Unlit's doing okay. So it was the first book, so it's it's one of those things you really don't know what it's going to sell like or how it's received until really the second one comes out because in yeah. indie it's just, you know, you've got to wait. <laughs> it's a series thing and patience. <laughs> uh, and and it, so you're new to indie publishing. You, you are totally going from a standing start to having a publisher and an agent look after you to hitting hitting the ground running? 
not exactly. Uh, about four or five years ago, uh, my agent started doing um, self-publishing. So I gave her the manuscript and she she formatted it and edited it and everything like that and then put it out for me because I just, it's, it all sounded like too much work for me. So I thought I'd just shove it off to her and let her do it all. And um, and then when I lost contracts, I thought, nah, I've got to do it myself because um, I was getting a little frustrated about the delays, like if there was uh, corrections needing to be made or anything like that, I couldn't do it straight away and that was frustrating me. So I decided, hey, do it all myself. I've got lots of mates doing it, so I had a lot of help getting it, get my head around it all because it's, it's, it's a big learning curve when you've come from a d- traditional background yeah and I know um and I don't think I'm telling any stories out of school our friend who we were just talking about who's the knife thrower she actually put a little post up recently saying that's it I'm not doing anything if people want to read my books they can find them because there is an awful lot of uh I guess overwhelm with the marketing side of indie indie publishing isn't there yes there is um a, there's a lot of places marketing um, how to market, doing courses and everything like that. Um, I, I'm, I've always been a big believer in the fact that your best marketing tool is your next book. Um, you know, and you've got to write that next book. And um, I've never spent a lot of time doing marketing. I mean, I've got I've got Facebook, I've got Twitter, I've got my website. I send out newsletters. I do that. But I haven't done a lot of advertisement or anything like that because I just I'm not convinced it makes a lot of difference unless you throw a lot of money at it. And I didn't have that money, so. And and I think um, I think it's Dean Wesley Smith in the indie sphere, everyone that says you've got to have your pie, and the more slices of pie you have on the shelves, the more customers you're likely to bring in. Yeah. Uh, does that mean getting the rights back to the forty three books that you've already written? Yeah. In- no. <laughs> <laughs> I will never get those rights back. Um, the Riley Jensen series, uh, I think I've earned out on seven of those books now, um, but they're still selling so well, I will never get those rights back. And uh, the other books are still selling just enough that, you know, yeah, I'm, I may never earn out on them, but I'll never get them back either. Yeah. Well, people uh, still be able to buy them. That's one thing that interests me. Oh, yeah, no. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they can buy them all because they're all still selling. So they're all still on the shelf. Yeah, and I guess there's no reason. I mean, I mean that that in itself is a good thing because, like, yes. now you call yourself a hybrid author, I guess. It means that people can buy the stuff that's already out there. But now that you have total control, you can actually, your your writing will explode because you you can choose the direction and you've already got a few series, you know, in the happening, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I've got the two series happening and I've got two more in the background that I, I, you know, ideas in the head that I desperately want to write, but I've got to do the ones that I'm writing at the moment. So Yeah, I think we'd better introduce it to um, Dragon Dictation, everybody. Uh, <laughs> but I can't, I can't. I've tried. It's, it's, it's my mouth. It just, it, it, the words don't come out of my mouth. They come out of my fingers. <laughs> yeah, what you've got to do is walk up and down the hallway a lot and kick dogs and cats out of the way and, <laughs> and become your characters. Although in, I guess in the kind of stuff that you write, that could become yeah. a bit dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I quite often can be found, you know, 
turning my body in different positions to see if it's actually physically possible. So. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Um, and talking about knife throwing and um, 27 ways to maim a person, um, yeah. it's, it, it can be, can be deadly. This, this genre of writing is not um, what we would call um, sweet romance in any oh God, way, no. shape or form. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now I, on a personal note, I've read and I had a bit of a chuckle that you live with your daughter, but she doesn't read your stuff because it's too bloodthirsty. Yes. Yes. Yeah, well, she, she was young, fairly, I mean, she was early teenage years uh, when the Riley Jensen come through. So, you know, it was too bloodthirsty for her at that age. I and mean, these days, she, no, she just won't, won't read it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my daughters wouldn't read my books because there was a kiss. I said, it's just a kiss. I said, you yep. should read Amy Andrews. <laughs> Oh, um, yeah. Amy's get a bit hotter than Kiss. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. Uh, I'm uh, um, moving right along. Uh, you've been to Conflux and GenreCom. They seem to be a great place to to really get into it. Yes, um, Conflux is the, the spec fic uh, conference in Canberra every year and it's just a brilliant place to meet other writers and talk about the marketing and, and you know, all, all, the, all the stuff that's involved in, in writing and, and, and that. And it's just brilliant. I love it. And GenreCon was um, all genres. Sadly, I don't think they're doing it anymore. It was a Brisbane conference and I, I think they stopped doing it, but it was um, all genres and all discussions and it was, it was just fabulous. And it's just it's good to get out there and meet your tribe. So. And, that, and that's one of the secrets, isn't it? I noticed uh, one of the things that you said is write the best story you can and hope to heal the readers uh, find you. And, yeah. and that's, where the, that's what happens in these conferences, isn't it? Yes. Um, there's, I mean, there's two different types of conferences. There's the writer conferences and then there's the um, place like Supernova. Um, I've do supernovas uh, twice a year usually. I have been doing it for years. And, and they're, you know, the, the fantasy, comics, books, TV conventions, and that's, that's where you can find a lot of readers. They're yeah. great fun. And this is really exciting. Uh, I remember I was speaking to Sherilyn Kenyon and she does a lot of this stuff. I think it was Dragon Con or something. Yes, over Dragon Con, yes. Yeah. Uh, and she has a ball. And mm. I thought, look, I know we talk about everyone about how marketing is difficult and I know, and it's Aki, Aki Flintart, who throws knives and stabbed herself in the knee and all the yes. rest of that. And, you know, she's on the podcast as well, which is really, I just adore her. Uh, but the marketing side, you know, can be overwhelming, but this is the good side of marketing. This is where it yeah. gets to be downright fun. It is. The, you know, the, the supernovas I do, they're just two days of, of meeting people, talking to people, mad costumes, and, yeah, they're just such great fun. Mm. So, and it, it's a good way of getting you, yourself known and, and your books known without doing too much. The hard slog marketing wise, and I don't, I don't think here in Oz especially, and it may be um, a little bit different for you guys over in America, but that hard oh, sell. Oh, yeah, sorry, a lot of our listeners are over in America. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> but I guess we don't put ourselves out. We feel uncomfortable as Aussies um, doing the hard sell, uh, and all these conferences and readers' gigs and writers' gigs. It's a really great way to, I guess, make a community and it's community that seems to be the, the single biggest way 
of building a following nowadays, isn't it? Because even social media has become overwhelming. Yeah, if people yeah. find you, like you and love you, you can quite often have a fan for life. Yes, yes. Yep, yep. Um, that's why I'm a, I'm a big believer in uh, readers groups now, the Facebook private readers groups, because it's a good way of getting all your posts and information and giving sneak peeks and everything like that. Whereas the um, the general Facebook pages, um, fan page that I've got, not everyone, I mean, I've got 30,000, close to 30,000 people on that, but, you know, maybe a 1,000 or so people will see a post. So, you know, it's just, whereas with the private groups, at least everyone sees your post, which is which is a good tip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, it, and it's hard, everyone, because I notice all, all, all the writers that I see now, they've all, they've all got a fan page. They've all got their own readers group. Yeah. Uh, and that seems to be the latest tip on Facebook. But I'm guessing that will change as well because nothing ever stays the same, does it? Not with Facebook, no. Facebook are always changing the rules. So, yeah, they're a pain in the rear. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit... Now, you have something I was reading. I was reading the um, Kerry Author fan page and it's got these six-sentence Sundays. I've got to know about it. What is a six-sentence Sunday? It's just a group of uh, uh, Australian writers who every Sunday put six te- teaser sentences and only six teaser sentences out of a, either a current book or a, a, a book that's coming out or it's just a way of everyone getting together and, and sharing little snippets to try and interest readers. Yeah, look, I've got, I've got to read, I, I read a little bit of yours trying to, trying to do my research, everybody. I just had to sit at school today while my poor old year sevens did some kind of advertising assignment. I thought, I'm just going to have a little read here of, <laughs> of one of your books. And I thought, it's very easy to lose yourself in a good read, isn't it? Yes, it is. I love, there's nothing better than reading yourself, uh, losing yourself to a good book. Not that I do a lot of it at the moment, unfortunately, because I'm writing so much. But, yeah, once things calms down a bit, I'm hoping to get back to the reading. Yeah. Well, I've got a sentence here and it's, when the church bell tolls thrice in the middle of the night, evil this way comes. And I went, okay, I'm hooked. (laughs) Yeah, it's very evil, that evil too, let me tell you. (laughs) I love evil. I love evil and I love your research books. And if you had to talk about bloodthirsty, brutal and um, bastardry, what comes to mind? (laughs) um yeah (laughs) i've I've got lots of good creatures i can tell you about (laughs) i love my research of creatures (laughs) yeah um and i think i think that's why uh genre still sells and it may not be this um genre that sells in the mainstream like i've got to admit i go into big big w now and it's all romance and it's all rural romance and it's all contemporary romance uh yeah. when it comes there's nothing wrong with because i've got a lot of mates that write it and and i actually love it it's it, it's a good easy read but that's all you see in the bookstores now oh i think i know i walk in there go and i go oh, hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's really really cool um but fantasy and i guess um paranormal and some of the stuff that you write mm. does hugely well in ebooks doesn't it well not according to my publishers <laughs> Because that's one of the reasons they dropped me because my e-sales were, you know, twenty percent or something. Yeah, but people won't um, buy e-book, people won't buy ebooks yeah. to a publisher because they charge too much. But as an indie, they yeah. will pay four ninety nine at a drop of a hat. 
Yes, I know. Try to explain that to the publishers, though. You know, it's my fault they're not selling, not theirs, because it's eleven ninety nine for an ebook. You know, yeah, nobody oh. pays it. No. Yeah, yeah. I even I love Nora Nora Robertson. I won't pay eleven ninety nine for it. Yeah, no, I get it. God. Um, but you know, even indie books have gone up from two ninety nine was the going price. Now, now four four ninety nine. No one even quibbles about it. And you think about it, you're sitting there, you're typing away, you're really working hard. Uh, for 120,000 words, 4.99 is is a tribute, you know. For us to offer you any less is actually an insult, isn't it? Well, the only book I've got cheaper is 3.99, and that's uh, for the first of the Lizzie series. Um, I just, for all the work uh, you put into a book, I think you've got to put, have a decent price on it. Mm. 4.99 is fair, I think, for all the work that yeah. we put in, you know, and the paying for the decent editing and proofing and copy editing and covers. I mean, a lot of work goes into a book. Yeah, and and I think there is absolutely no difference now between um, trad and indie publishing as far as a reader is concerned. Uh, indie publishers are just as professional. They often use the same editors and cover yeah. designers, I've got to tell you. Uh, your cover designs really stand out to me, so I'm assuming you have an excellent designer. Yes, yes, I've got three different designers. Um, I do. I love the guy who did uh, the cursed cover. Absolutely love it. I actually blew the cover up into a big poster so I could put it on my wall because I adore it. He, he just caught it. Yeah, Perfectly. and I've got to tell you that um, Demon's Dance coming through as well. Now, I don't, yes. I don't read. Well, I've got to tell you I haven't read this stuff, but I, I am getting yeah. hooked now because I've had a few people on the podcast, uh, Sherilyn Kenyon, um, what is it, Aiki, Aiki yeah. and now yourself. Uh, they're starting to interest me for the depth of their stories. Um, I love I love big books. I love sagas. I love series that that develop characters over time. And I think your Lizzie Lizzie Grace is starting to become quite a character. Are you picturing her like I think Sherilyn Kenyon had twenty nine books in a series? Where are you heading with Lizzie at number four? I actually don't know. Um, I tend to write until I feel um, there's nothing more to write. I did that with the Riley Jensen series. I hit book nine and I thought. No, I've made this character suffer enough. I can't do any more uh, believably to her. Uh, if I if I you know kept going, it was just for the sake of you know the money, basically. So I ended it. The publisher were horrified by the my decision, and you know were trying to get me to write more. But it was just it felt right to end it at nine. So I never actually decide beforehand how many there's going to be. It's just I will know. You know, whether it's seven, eight, nine, whatever books, I will know when it's when it's the end, when I've got nothing else to write about it. Yeah, and I think this is the one thing that really stands out with me with indie publishing, trusting your instinct, uh, running mm. with your story, doing what you know is best for your characters. And editors and publishers always always can improve things and they always oh, God, can. Yeah. It's great to take their advice and, and follow them. I'm not saying don't do that. But when it comes to a career as a writer, you're the one who knows what direction you want to go and, and how you want to control that career. If you had the choice to go back to Trad now, and please, no publishers listening, uh, <laughs> would, you, would you continue to choose to keep control of your career? Um, if I went back to Trad, it would only be on a part-time basis. I'm loving the control too much. 
to ever give it up fully. Uh, but the traditional publishers will not let me control anything. If I went back to them, I'd have to be handing control of that book back over to them because I'm not, I'm not a big enough name, you know. So, um, yeah, yeah, hybrid is what I'd be if I had to go back. Yeah. Now, there's an awful lot of mid-list uh, writers making an awfully good income, everyone. Uh, to, to do well in trad publishing, you've got to be a top-name author uh, to get the good advances and to stay on the shelves for a long, long time. I got, uh, let it be said that I got good advances. So, you know, I survived for 10 years. On, on my advances. So I'm just about to come to that. I'm just about to talk because I'm going to actually let on a little secret in public here that you Ooh. paid off your house with your writing. I did, yes. I paid off two houses with my writing. <laughs> now, how cool is that, everybody? I read that and I went, oh, I want to be like her when I grow up. But yeah. also, not only have you paid off two houses with your writing, you have travelled extensively. Like you, you have attended the Romantic Times conventions over the years. Yes, quite a few of those. Uh, yeah, and you've also been to Ireland, which I lived in for, for some time. So I was so excited when you went to Ireland. I love Ireland. I absolutely, it feels like homecoming. I've got Irish ancestors. So, yeah, it's just, it's just beautiful. I love it. Love. I went uh, this year, I did a two-week tour around Ireland and then I went on onto a cruise and cruised around Norway for two weeks. So, yeah, that was this year's trip. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I would have to say that um, I, the Irish are the best at storytelling. And if you, oh, God, if yeah. you uh, and I'm guessing you have to be with witches, werewolves and um, talismans, <laughs> uh, the, actually the, the Celtic tradition actually feeds right into that stuff, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of, I, I do a lot of research on legends and stuff like that, so I haven't used a lot of Irish uh, legends, but, yeah, I, I have great fun researching. Yeah, and, the, and this is, again, the beauty of the, of the writing life, everybody. Uh, you are constantly stimulated. If you're bored with your writing, then you've only got one person to blame, hey? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In my case, if I get bored, I kill someone in the story. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can I take that into the classroom? No, I better not. Uh, even in jest, I better not. Uh, but but it is. It's wonderful. You can you can ramp things up as much as you want. And in, your, in the genre that you write, I'm guessing the bloodier the merrier. Yes. There is, like... I'm generally dark urban fantasy, which means my stories get very dark and violent. But there's also, like, the, the Lizzie Grace series isn't as dark as some of my stories. There's a lot more humour in it. Um, the descriptions aren't quite as violent. <laughs> so, yeah, so they're a bit lighter. <laughs> yeah. Now, I know Aki Flintart, um, when she talks, she's, she's famous for teaching women how to write fight scenes. And oh, she was brilliant. Yeah. And work her way through them and she was telling me she was in a I think it was a museum in Venice or something and she just got herself in there and she pictured how she was going excuse me everybody I'm on a podcast here and I'm making fighting shapes uh she's <laughs> she showed us she showed me how she set out this fight scene so if you're walking around and you're traveling in Ireland and you're walking through this place and you start kicking things did you um oh yeah have you got a husband no I haven't got rid of him oh. <laughs> I love it. We should, well, more of us should do it. No, sorry. I'm getting in trouble tonight. Uh, but you can actually act out your scenes as you're walking along and no one would care. <laughs> I think they would care. 
Given the how violent some of my scenes are, but yeah, I certainly have. You, I'm also something of a photographer, so I've I've certainly used scenes. I take shots of things, and you know, so I've got images to work on, and you know, stuff like that. So I certainly do that. Yeah. Um, would you say now that you're working as hard as you ever have? Yes. Yes. Yeah, when I was with traditional, I did an easy two a year and I was quite happy doing my easy two a year. Um, yeah, I've been working nonstop. Aside from the, the month I took off to go on the, the cruise and, and to Ireland, I've been working my butt off basically. Yeah, and to <laughs> find that stimulating, do you find that you have risen to the challenge? Well, I've got to. You know, I've got a daughter and a house and you know, all the bills have to be paid. So, <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's interesting, isn't it, um, that you can, you can do it and I'm assuming life will get, continue to get easier uh, as you establish yourself as, um, I guess, an indie careerist. Uh, now, you can write a book. Now, we're talking 120,000 words here, everyone, or 90,000 words. You can write that and have it out in three months. I can write it in three months, yes, and then it's got to go through the, all the editing and everything like that. Yeah, so thing, things don't change uh, when it comes to the the work part of it. Uh, do you find you have to trust yourself more now um, or you just rely on independent editors now? Um, I've always trusted myself. Uh, I've always written what I want to write um, and gone in the direction I want to. I've never actually had much input from the, the publishers that way. Um, so that, that really hasn't changed. Um, I'm still using the same beta reader that I, uh, that I did. I'm still with my same crit group. So, you know, none of that has changed. The way I work really hasn't changed from tra- traditional to mm. self-publishing. Yeah. And your brand is established? Yes, it is. I'm, that's where I'm lucky. That's where I've got the advantage because I've got so many traditional books behind me. Um, I'm an established brand, brand, basically. Yeah, I think this is a really cool story, everyone. I think even 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 as it unfolds, um, I get really excited because, like, I looked at your website, I saw all these series of books, and I went, "Oh, panic! How am I going to get my head around this in three hours? I allow three hours for my research." <laughs> but the more I delved and the more I looked, there's certainly a pattern, and I think it's that brand pattern that has come through, and yep. people will follow you whatever you do from here on in. Yes, because my my brand is basically strong, kick-ass heroines who don't take any crap. So, um, yeah, that's my brand and that's what I've always written, uh, whether it's dark urban fantasy, fantasy or, you know, cosy mystery paranormals. It's it's strong women and and that's that's what I write. That's what I've always written. Yeah. Now, it's really interesting that my friend um, Deb Kelly uh, recommended both you and Aki Flintard to the podcast. Um, so, Deb, I'll put this out to you. What is it about strong, kick-ass heroines <laughs> that has captured your imagination? And I know Deb writes this kind of stuff as well. Uh, it has a real following out there, doesn't it? Oh, it certainly does. Um, and I think it, it's a product of the times too. Um the world isn't great and people like to read about strong women so it's good yes and I think more of us more of us um we are all strong but not many of us kick ass although we all want to we live on fight again another day uh yep. talk to me you're going to be in Brisbane next March at the um what is it a book market book market and sexy 
Bookmarking Sorry. sexy. I, I did read that and I thought, what on earth is a bookmark and sexy? But I wrote it down. Well, yeah, yeah. It? It, it's just a, um, a one-day signing of all different um, erotica, romance, fantasy, paranormal rom- uh, writers getting together and selling their books, basically. Yeah. Um, there are more and more of these things happening yes. around the place. Like uh, recently everyone's been over at Perth at the uh, Australian Fiction Writers um, Convention over there organised by Rachel Johns. Uh, yeah. And now, like you guys are coming, we've got, um, oh, who's it, Helen Sibrit and the ARA, what is it, Australian yes, Writers Ara. Association. Yes. Yeah, uh, the one in Melbourne, the ARA one in Melbourne. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think it's really cool. That it's, it's it's really is a community. It's a very strong community of readers and writers. Uh, are you heading to New York next year for the Romance Writers Conference? No, too expensive. And besides, I don't want to go over there when Trump is still in charge. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, everybody, I'm going protest. <laughs> I'm going to be in my little basement over there in um, oh, I don't know, one of the boroughs. Sam and I are going to go over yeah. and we're going to hit all the libraries over there. Um, it but would I be promise, awesome. I love I see, New York. Yeah, if I see Donald Trump, I'll kick him for you. Excellent, uh, thank you. <laughs> all right, now where can we find you? Everyone, look, you've got to go on and have a look at the covers. You've certainly got to read some of the books. Uh, and um, we've got Cursed coming out in November. Yeah, November the 20th. Yeah, and we've got Demon's Dance coming out in February. But there's quite a backlog that we can buy anyway, isn't there? Yeah, there certainly is. Yeah, you can find all the links on my website, basically. So, yeah. Yeah, and I can tell you it's going to keep you busy for a while um, because it certainly (laughs) kept me busy for a few hours and I loved every minute of it. Look, thanks for sharing with us. It's really interesting to hear your story, Kerry. And it's particularly interesting to hear that transition from traditional to indie and it's that honesty everyone that it it ain't easy you go from having it all done for you to having to get up to speed very very quickly and it looks like you've achieved that only with my help from my mates um who have been there and done it for years if hadn't have been for them i, I wouldn't be here so i've got to think thank my mates for, yeah. for all the help they've been giving me yeah. but wouldn't you say that's part and parcel of the writer's world that Everybody helps everyone. Particularly in Australia. The the writing community in Australia is very, very strong. Everyone helps everyone. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Okay. So, you, look, you heard it here. If you want to start writing, please um, please come and have a look at some of these guys. They're very, very talented. Um, but more exciting, they're fantastic writers in their own right. And it just, I, th- I think it's really important that we go to say we don't need people behind us doing the hard work for us because we're strong, capable, kick-ass fighting women who can do it for ourselves. Exactly. <laughs> ah, what a great way to end another episode of Writer on the Road. 